This may appear to be a bit of a ramble, but bear with me if you will. This narrative has been running through my mind for months now and I would like to share it with you. And there may be some who might say that in this running dialogue, I am trying to appear to be humble here, but let me assure you, such is not the case. It has nothing at all to do with me being humble, it has to do with hard cold reality. I keep revisiting what took place in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, what they originally had in their union with God, and what they walked away from, in order to be, as they assumed, self-sufficient and independent. And the reason why I keep revisiting what transpired between God and His creation, where Adam and Eve had God's own eternal spirit within them so that they were created in His image, and shared some of His attributes, is the reality of coming to know and appreciate the difference between God, our Creator and His creation, which we as humanity are. I think if someone asked me what these 76 years that I have been given has shown me, it would be the gut-wrenching realization that self-sufficiency and independence from God was never the way to go. What was gained is absolutely nothing compared to what was lost and somehow, coming to understand and appreciate this, in the very fiber of our being, even on an admittedly limited comprehension basis, is what this life that we have been given on this planet is all about. I can't help but think that it is almost like a cosmic demonstration of reality 101, where our Creator, desires to show us of His love and care for us, but first we really need to come to understand and appreciate that He is our Creator and that we are not His equal. Even Satan, who was created by God, thought that he could be like God. And that which was unholy, assumed to be equal with the holy. And of course, when that bond of ownership, reliance and dependency was broken, and that day, God's eternal spirit within Adam and Eve was withdrawn, and the eternal union that was, between Adam and Eve and God, died, or was broken. And because only the Spirit is eternal, and remember that God is Spirit, that which is physical or material, decays and dies. Death was never God's intended end state for His creation. And then, within the Holy Scriptures, we find the unfolding testimony of how God initially identifies Himself to His wayward creation and increasingly reveals of Himself. Think be holy as I am holy, Leviticus 11:44. And continually, throughout God's unfolding testimony, we see physical representations of spiritual realities where there is a huge gulf between that which is unholy and God who is holy. Think the tabernacle, the holy of holies, the priesthood, the substitutionary sacrifices, the festivals, the law etc., all pointing to that which is unholy or sin. This is the revealing of the reality that without God's Spirit within us, not only can we not be holy, but we have no means whereby we can become holy, like God is. The long and the short of it is that without God intervening on our behalf, we literally stand no chance of becoming holy like He is holy. The gulf is too wide, the difference too big and the vessel too empty. Think marvel not when I say to you, that you must be born again. John 3 7. The older that I get, the more that I come to see and understand, albeit partially, about myself and the absolute necessity of God doing for us, what we and ourselves cannot ever do, just screams from the rooftops. Do our egos get in the way, does self-pride get in the way, does selfishness get in the way, does the preeminence of self get in the way? All of us who truly seek to follow Jesus as our Shepherd and Lord know the answer to that question. I used to include Jesus as an afterthought, sometimes, infrequently. I did that for years. Those were the years of God's sheer grace. But sooner or later, if you really allow God's Word, spoken throughout the Scriptures and directly from the mouth of Jesus, to be internalized, you come to the realization that Jesus doesn't want to be our afterthought. Jesus wants to be involved with literally every aspect of our lives because He is our life, He is our way and He is our truth. And just like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, it can be no other way. Woefully inadequate, for myself, that's a bit of an understatement. The greater percentage of time I can barely figure out what I should figure out and even then, 
without God helping me, I'm still stumbling in the dark. I am convinced it is all God's sheer grace and that grace is personified in Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. If Jesus could correct someone who called him good teacher about who was really good, Luke 18 19, who are we to say anything different? God is holy and the difference between the holiness of God and what we too frequently parade as holiness is like night and day. Jesus is God's answer to what happened in the Garden of Eden, right from day one. Jesus is our righteousness and through God's grace, through faith, His righteousness is imputed to us. If that isn't grace I don't know what is. Do I still have difficulty with judging righteously? Yes I do. Do I still have difficulty with putting my own interests beneath the interests of others? Yes I do. Do I still battle with the flesh? Yes I do. But, I have been delivered from death and my own imperfections, unholiness, because I have believed in the Son of God, who cleans me from all unrighteousness, through faith in His righteousness, holiness. And I walk by faith because that is what God calls me to do. And through His grace, I shall endure to the end. Thank you for bearing with me and reading this far. At 76 years of age, this is what I have learned. Without Jesus I am totally and completely lost. Worthy is the Lamb. Blessings.